much. What? what oh, first of all, welcome back to the DMGT podcast. This is our new season. Um, I hope I hope everyone had a nice little winter, New Year's, end of the year, holidays, all that stuff. Whatever you do or don't do, I hope it was a good, fine time. Um, <laughs> obviously, the Rona's still out and about, but that seems like it might be leveling out pretty soon. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. My goodness, what what a week to decide to return uh, for for the podcast. So, uh, unfortunately, Spencer won't be joining us this week for the uh, first episode of the season. The ya boy, ya boy is sick and can't speak. Um, so, so you're just dealing with me today. And man, oh man, that's su- such unfortunate and fortunate timing all all around because uh, it, we were kind of just going to ease into things, talk about some of the stuff that we've done. Um, maybe some CES highlights, a couple of albums have dropped the, uh, uh, the Earl sweatshirt album sick. Oh, that's funny. That man, how, how ironic, how ironic is that the Earl sweatshirt album we're going to talk about sick and Spencer is out sick, uh, for this episode. So we'll, we'll, I mean, I'll touch on that. Maybe I'll touch, touch on that a little bit later. Um, I don't know how this episode's going to go. Uh, just, just so, so much news to now suddenly cover. But yeah, we we had planned on, on talking about some CES, some maybe some goals, not so much New Year's resolutions, but just general goals. What we want to get out of this podcast, what we want to get out of the channel, um, which is all fine and well. But man, let, let's just let's just start at the at the top because Activision Blizzard. Uh, has just reached an agreement with Microsoft to be acquired by Microsoft for $68.7 billion. This is a massive, massive deal. Uh, not not just in gaming, but in like all of media in in general. Like the the for reference and numbers that keep getting thrown about thrown around because I don't think people understand the magnitude. Uh, of a deal like this is so even going back to like uh facebook's acquisition of instagram that was a huge deal in 2012 one billion dollars a single billion dollars which is which is a shit ton of money that is so much money just just a single billion dollars right a billion dollars for instagram in 2012 from facebook huge deal when when, when that went down I remember that that was all over the place now we're talking about 68.7 we're almost 100 billion dollars. You're you're a tenth of the way to a trillion, which is just these these numbers are astronomical. Like like you can't they they sound like numbers, but you can't really comprehend the the amount of money that this is, right? And for the other reference, the other thing that keeps getting thrown around and, and compared to for reference, Disney merging with Fox was also a, a enormous, giant sized deal, seventy one point three billion dollars. Right, so we're talking about a difference of two and a half, two and a half billion dollars uh, between between that Disney Fox merger and now this Microsoft Activision Blizzard uh, uh, merger. Now, I don't know how. I don't know if this will get shut down by the uh, U.S. government. I I can't imagine that there isn't some antitrust investigation into into this deal because obviously Microsoft is still pretty fresh off of the uh, the Bethesda uh, Z- Zenimax deal from from last year. That that's still like not that long ago. That they that they made that deal, right? So like, we'll we'll talk about the implications in, in gaming and in, in consoles. What this means for Nintendo. What this means for for Sony and the PlayStation. Uh, what the, what this means for you as a gamer. As we kind of filter through some of the um, I guess hot takes and, and initial reactions of this. But we've we've had basically. I'm sitting here and it's been mo- most of the day has gone by. This dropped uh, first thing Tuesday morning. These news, uh, this news. But but just on the business side of things. It, you you gotta figure that uh, that the government's gonna look into this in, in some capacity. And obviously, uh, for example, they let something like a Disney and Fox go through. So 
um there there's already some uh what's the word i'm looking for here oh man spencer would have helped me out here spencer sick boy um there's some precedent here already for this type of deal to to go through re- regardless uh, of the size. Now, uh, maybe it's a little bit different. I don't know. Disney bought Star Wars and and and, and Marvel, but Star Wars and Marvel weren't at the size that like a Bethesda or an Activision Blizzard were, right? Um, obviously, the other side of the other things too is uh, just the amount of issues and, and and just the the shit show it is over at Activision Blizzard. Super unfortunate that they kept uh, Bobby Kotnick or whatever the hell his stupid face is um, as as a standing CEO. Now, he, let, to to take a step back, to take a step back before we dive into all of this, because there there are so many layers to to this. This is not a deal that's that's like pen and paper done. It's over, right? Like uh, th- this wouldn't actually um, go into effect until I believe it was March. It may be May. But not until not until spring 2023. So there's still like a year and a quarter left before this actually becomes uh, a reality, right? So there's still some time here to see how things play out. It's way too soon to make any sort of determinations, but we can start making some general uh, uh, guesstimates uh, for, for for now. But you got to imagine that the U.S. government starts taking a look at this and maybe there's some antitrust issue, uh, things. It seems like maybe, and I'm not a legal expert here, I kind of keep an eye on like whatever media news and, and things are, are going on as it relates to the podcast and general, my general news consumption to into media. Um, it seems like maybe some of the uh, restrictions around like corporations and and monopolies and things like that might have gotten a little bit stricter over the past year or two um so so having the bethesda deal now on top of this new activision blizzard uh merge acquisition acquisition it's not a merger it's a little bit different than the sony and fox one uh might have some some things to say in in terms of how this all plays out i i think i saw somewhere um i think jason schreer if you don't follow jason schreer and you're just generally interested in like um the business side of things of like the gaming industry um he's a really good follow on twitter obviously he's been kind of uh the forefront of all the like sexual uh, harassment allegations over at activision blizzard like all of those things have to remain top of mind because microsoft decided and at this time part of the deal is like bobby kotnick whatever the hell is still remains as ceo of activision blizzard which isn't isn't a great thing right like you would think that a lot of a lot of uh the sentiment that isn't uh, you know, fanboyism about like the Xbox and the PlayStation and the and the Switch. Um, is is just hoping that this is positive for the employees at Activision Blizzard. And I think I would also reflect and and, and reciprocate those, those feelings as well. I hope that means that things get better for them. Um, if there's talks about like those employees and and the developers and the game devs and writers and artists all of them um into unionizing and there there do appear to be like serious like conversations between employees and and all that like again go follow jason schreer's um twitter and and the articles that he writes it puts out pretty pretty interesting stuff um seems seems to have some weight so that there is a potential opportunity here for now like um maybe like uh think of like a, i mean it's a mess right now but like the the mlb and the mlb players association like having union representatives now at the table negotiating contracts and uh deals and all of that 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 is if that's like even a remote possibility in a deal like this that isn't very common when you know huge companies merge like this especially not in the gaming space then that would be that would be a net positive right for for at least for the employees we don't know what's going to happen uh, a year and a half, a year, some change now. We're, we really don't know what the long-term effects of this are going to be until... It, it's always one of those things that we don't know until we look back on it. What, was it good or what was it bad, right? So we're going to just kind of keep an eye on, on, on the business side of it there. Uh, but then when you start thinking about uh, the 
<laughs> the gaming aspect. And oh my goodness, where do I even be- begin on this side of things? Um, you obviously have a lot of concerns with like, uh, like how how is Blizzard going to handle like ch- the Chinese market now, right? Like that that's that they've been historically. I know Tencent isn't involved with them anymore or anything like that, but. Um, you start considering like how they do that that there is that i'm sure that's implications that they've thought about now but also all the legalese of you know their ips and the harassment against those games and and the uh the leadership for for those franchises um it's this isn't like i'm sure microsoft has been having these conversations and has been involved for for a long time they like these deals don't just happen out of nowhere um but Man, it, this isn't going to be like just a flip of a switch. Uh, the Xbox now dominates the, the gaming space um, because they're, man, they're, they're, they're also inheriting, as much as they're inheriting a Call of Duty, a Candy Crush, um, what was the, uh, 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 StarCraft, WarCraft, all of, all of these other like pretty huge successful franchises. Um, they're also they're also uh, absorbing all of the issues and all of the legal problems, all of the the just the, the mess that's going on over there. So um, we we don't know exactly how all of that's going to play out, how that impacts like the games that they make, how that impacts well any future franchises and the plans that they have. In, in, in the meantime, a new company purchasing the someone else is always going to change the plans of how things are being delivered, right? So. We're just going to have to keep an eye out for that. But as for what it means right now, business-wise, nothing. Nothing. It really doesn't mean anything for, like, anything Xbox or Microsoft-related until a year and a half from now when they can act, when if this deal actually goes through. Um, and if it doesn't, uh, that's the point I was trying to get at earlier. Um, it, it, some, Microsoft will owe uh, Activision Blizzard something stupid, like uh, on the five to some billion dollars a a few billion dollars oh my god we're tossing about a few billion as if it's nothing which i guess for these companies it's not not that not that much you think about like a call of duty a game that releases every year yearly release cycle and even though like uh these games don't get critical acclaim like they used to back in the day even like six five six years ago um it's still raking in a billion dollars a year it's just off a single franchise so you add all of these together and like yeah this deal this deal makes sense and and if activision blizzard and that investment team is like yeah let's just let's just inject this cash and 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 start getting some microsoft help on some of the legal stuff then, then sure, it's it's kind of a no-brainer for them. But they would still get cash regardless if this deal falls through. So it's kind of a win-win uh, f- for them, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, the, the, nothing really changes for for them right now. I think I think what it does do, however, is it firmly establishes and and we talk we have talked about this in the past on on this podcast where um, even before the Xbox Series X launched. With, with all the plans around Game Pass and and how Microsoft is looking and taking the Xbox, I guess, name and brand more cloud-based and accessible uh, to that degree, um, th- this is this is more a victory. It's not a victory for Xbox consoles per se. It's more so this this means really good things business-wise for Game Pass. And if you're a consumer of Game Pass, this is this is a good thing in the future. As it stands today, again, nothing changes because it's still going to be a while before you see anything actually reflected and actually implemented into all of those services. Although I'm sure they'll be working on it so it's like ready to go as soon as they're like they can, as soon as they actually legally can. Uh So for for that that's that's what that means. So I I've been kind of just like absorbing information and kind of distilling some reactions out on TikTok and Twitter. So you should go check that out if you want. But one of the first things I wanted to do was like look into because these are these are like major franchises, right? So like if you if you think about uh video game gaming as a whole, you have basically nintendo and then everyone else just just like the way that the wii so the way that super mario is like just you you mentioned gaming to literally anyone in the world and one of the first characters they're likely to mention is super mario right so nintendo i think 
probably doesn't have much to worry about because they have like a firm grasp on their demographic and audience and 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 they do a really good job of selling you their consoles um for for the games that they have right like their franchises and their ips are just rock rock solid uh over there but just just to start taking painting a picture of like what this actually means like if you if you're like keeping score of like oh man the playstation's dead from now on i don't know why you would only call out the playstation like nintendo nintendo is still king when it comes to gaming so like you should they should, they should be part of that conversation if you're gonna go down down that route uh, i'm not saying i am but let's just it, you know if it's gonna get ears on a podcast and let's let's talk about it so if you look at like the list of best-selling games of all time let's just start let's just go titles right so here's here's a list uh that that i found online you can find some on there's wikipedia statista and things like that and it kind of depends on like how the publishers announce these sales right but for for general the information that's accessible minecraft minecraft runs away with sales of any video game ever it, it's it always blows my mind how much i forget how huge minecraft has become so you're looking at north of 200 billion dollars in sales grand theft auto 5 155 billion grand theft auto makes a billion dollars a year mostly because this isn't grand theft auto 5 even though when that came out it was great hugely successful but grand theft auto online is really what's driving the the figures here at grand theft auto 5 right so uh at at this point rockstar makes a billion dollars a year off of this this grand theft auto uh online and that's why that's why we that is the true if you're ever wondering why we don't have gta 6 yet that that would be why because people still play gta online and it generates a billion dollars a year there's literally zero reason why rockstar should invest a ton of r&d money and time into a new game with any source any any sense of urgency when they're breaking in a billion dollars on a game that they're just kind of maintaining where someone like uh, an activision blizzard duh needs to pump out a new call of duty every single year to hit that one billion dollar figure you see what i'm saying so and even then like nowadays most people call those games just copy paste add some new fresh skins slightly change up the maps and we're good to go a lot of games and especially like the really large publishers these days are kind of guilty of that practice um so if if rockstar figure out that formula and players are still playing like as much as like i want a gta 6 and it might upset me individually that that we don't have it yet and that people are still playing it at the end of the day people are going to play what they're going to play so if they're if the gamers are still there and the audience still exists then of course a rockstar is going to keep catering to them. Okay, so that's Grand Theft Auto 5, 150 billion dollars. Then you have Tetris, owned by EA, 100 mil. Wii Sports. I'm just going to start going down the list here. Wii Sports, Player Unknown's Battleground, PUBG. I didn't. I had no idea it, it, it was that big. I know it was. It's a huge in in PC gaming. Um, like if you pull up Twitch right now, PUBG is still in the top games of uh, uh, top watched uh, streamed games. So PUBG. Then you get to Super Mario Bros. So now we're starting to get back into into Nintendo again. So uh, one, two, Mojang Rockstar, three, EA, four, Wii Sports, your first Nintendo title, five, PUBG, PUBG, third party, six, Super Mario Nintendo, seven, Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, Green. So including Japan uh, on the Game Boy Color. That's still in the top ten of best-selling games of all time. That's that's nuts, nuts. Nintendo again, number eight, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Nintendo again, number nine, Wii Fit Plus, the Wii, Nintendo again, number 10, the Nintendo um, version of Tetris, so not even just Tetris as a whole as it stands today, like with with mobile phones and things like that, or any other games that they release on on consoles and things like that, that EA does, no, no, just just when Nintendo was, was handling all the Tetris development on the Game Boy and NES. Number 10, number 10, okay? Pac-Man, Namco, 11. Red Dead 2, Rockstar again. So Rockstar is doing fine for themselves, uh, obviously, compared to, like, obviously Nintendo is just completely dominating here. Uh, Red Dead 2, Mario Kart Wii, Terraria, which I think just kind of caught that, like, 
the 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 wave behind behind Minecraft and they capitalized at the at the right time. Animal Crossing New Horizons is already on this list. Wii Sports uh, Resort. New Super Mario Bros. New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Uh, and then we start getting into the Bethesda games here and, and the Activision Blizzard. So now, now you it's it we're almost 20 down, and, and now we're starting to get to franchises that now Microsoft owns or are owned by by PlayStation further down this list. Actually, nothing in this top 50 list is exclusive to PlayStation. So as far as like the money side of things go. Okay, Xbox Xbox definitely have positioned themselves very well. So then you get The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. This was the uh the 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 version in 2019. Uh Diablo 3, The Witcher 3, CD Project Red, these are all like around 30 billion dollars, so that's where they are. Human Fall Flat, uh and then Pokémon Gold Silver and then you get just a bunch of other nintendo games it basically is nintendo with some grand theft auto sprinkled in here or there maybe a fifa game here and there but it's basically nintendo this entire list is nintendo franchises right so if you're if you're sitting at home talking about how the playstation is dead or or how the xbox is now like taken over um wrong statistically monetarily just incorrect nintendo is, is dominates completely dominates the gaming market now the the market share and all of that thing all of that is a little bit different because people own multiple consoles and um like a switch is a little bit more cheap uh, cheaper and things like that or, or playing games on your mobile phone or people if you have a laptop and you somehow manage to run some games like that that all of that there's a ton of variables to some of that but when we're talking about like biggest gaming company in the world it's still Nintendo, baby, and it's not even close. The Nintendo Switch is approaching five years old, and by all accounts, it is an underpowered device, right? Like, it was underpowered when it launched, and it's underpowered five years later. We have a PlayStation 5 and an Xbox Series X. We're talking 4K, 60 FPS, 120 FPS, HDR, up to 8K uh, content scaling eventually when we get their VR capabilities in the future. All of, the, all of that jazz. The Nintendo Switch today, right now, we're looking at January 2022 is still outselling the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. So, so at this point, like if for, for some reason, if you care about these numbers and care about a console war, um, if you're not Team Nintendo, you're losing just straight up. Yeah, the other hand, I mean, on the other side of things, is like you're, none of none of you, none of us are seeing any of these figures, right? This is all money that we're pumping into these companies. So taking pride in, in like owning a console that sells the most is like okay, if I don't get any of that money, I'm giving them that money. So I don't know why I would be particularly proud of that. Is it easier for me to find friends to play with if I have the most popular console in the world? Sure, absolutely, and that's cool. But other than that, it's like, I can, that's weird to be proud of a company or a brand that's making this, this much money. Are you kidding me? No, thank you. We're, we're just going to keep it how it is. So that's just one side of the argument because I always talk about like figures and sales not always being, they're, they're a strong indicator. Usually they're a pretty strong indicator of like how the market is reacting, how consumers are reacting to, to releases, right? Like if you're making money, then obviously consumers are, are accepting it and they're spending money on your stuff. So it's good enough for the masses, right? But then the other side of it too is like quality, which all starts getting super, super subjective, right? But, but you can look at some of these things if like, uh, you wouldn't necessarily call like, avatar the movie avatar uh the the uh whatever you know which one the blue the blue space alien people um or um like avengers uh, infinity war the greatest movies of all time right like they're the highest grossing movies of all time but i don't know if i would call them like like the greatest and that's all subjective right but if you're like a film person like you probably aren't calling these films the greatest films of all time right like you, you there are like other movies that kind of come up here regularly even if they aren't like as as commercially successful as other franchises are that just tend to appeal to a, a broader audience so you take a look at that that side of it now 
same thing with like the Grammys and the and and the Oscars and all of that for for a different media. Like, yeah, I mean Kanye and Drake maybe like dominate the charts uh, year after year, but like, come on, are you gonna you're gonna tell me that see it Certified Lover Boy is the best album of 2021? No, if you tell me that, I'm gonna say yo, you don't you don't listen to music. That's obnoxious and incredibly subjective, but but I stand by that. Like. <laughs> That would tell me like, oh, you just listen to what what your TikTok algorithm tells you to listen to. Like that's, eh, you know, whatever. Like it's fine. Listen to whatever the hell you want. I'm not judging you for it. But if you're gonna tell me that, hey, this is the best and nothing else beats this, then yeah, I'm gonna judge it a little bit. So on that coin of the argument, if we're looking at like quality and and you start looking at, I, I always go to the Game Awards for for this type of thing, right? Because I understand how gamers aren't particularly fond of like gaming journalists and 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 the way that gaming gaming is covered by the media i think it was a little bigger issue a few years ago than it is now i think i think uh even even outlets like ign and kotaku have like pivoted a little bit more and like they 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 can point to more granular things now with their reviewers they've picked out the reviewers a little bit more close more more carefully um to to carry their to for their to, for their opinions to carry a little bit more weight. So, in that sense, the Game Awards aggregates something like over seventy companies across the globe. So it's not just it's not just like the big media journalist outlets that you hate that are handing out these awards, right? Like it is. Go look at um, if you aren't familiar with with uh, Alana Pierce uh she she does she covers a lot of like gaming uh industry uh business and 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 media but if you aren't familiar go go subscribe and look at her youtube but there's a youtube video that covers how exactly voting for the game award works and it's really fascinating just to see how like a bunch of different opinions in a cohort of like over 70 plus companies and obviously it's not everyone from each of those companies, but everyone gets a representation, a vote, a conversation as to how these awards are handing out, how uh, they select candidates for for the different categories. And industry-wide, like I'm talking about like the 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 people who make these games as well, take stock and, and they they care about this election process because it seems at least from externally and, and from what I've ingested myself, it seems like they do it pretty responsively and, and there's like a fair say from everyone, right? This isn't like, like some random unknown mystery uh, companies or, or people or, or aggregate group uh, like, like an Oscars or like a Grammys, you know, like the, 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 there are company, if you go to the game awards website, it lists out every company that they work with that has say in votes. So I, I've looked at it. I'm like, I think this is pretty legit. I think this is pretty legit. And for the past, I don't know, they've been doing this for since 2014. So almost 10 years, eight years. I'm looking at the list of nominees and, and winners of game of the year. I'm like, damn, these are really, these are really good games. There are only like a handful of these that uh, in the nominations list that I'm like, ah, ah, I don't know about that one. That one just got a nomination because of whatever, like the, the weights of, of the, uh, the publisher or whatever. But that said, that's the other side of it that we can start looking at. Okay. So we talked about the numbers. Now we can talk about like the qualitative subjective, qualitative, um, like critical acclaim. So let's look at 2014, right? So we know on the number side of it, it, it's Nintendo, like without a doubt, everyone else, everyone else second place. It doesn't matter because Nintendo's so far ahead with, with their franchises. And now on the, on the critical acclaim side of it, where it's a little bit different. 2014, Dragon Age Inquisition, EA, third party. 2015, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, CD Projekt Red third party 2016 overwatch blizzard now blizzard is under microsoft so all right cool microsoft retroactively that microsoft gets that one 2017 legend of zelda breath of the wild nintendo okay so now we're back to back like exclusives 2018 god of war sony interactive entertainment playstation so now we're one 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 three straight years 
an exclusive game one. 2019, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. From Software published by Activision. From Software actually used Activision to publish this game just to get it out to all the, all, all the consoles and, and kind of get it everywhere. But From Software, the actual developer of Sekiro, is still independent. They are not part of Activision. So this one is third party. 2020, The Last of Us Part 2. Obviously, a little controversial. But Naughty Dog, that's a PlayStation. 2021, It Takes Two. EA, third party. So, PlayStation here has two uh, Game of the Year uh, wins. Nintendo has one. Xbox has one. So, I, I don't know. Two is bigger than one, right? Like, just straight, like, simple math. We're going back to the numbers. So, so if, if you're worried about, like, the quality of games or, like, suddenly PlayStation falling off, they're not. And also, like... Nintendo only has one win in the past eight years. That doesn't mean that they're falling off either. Like that, that it's just some of the other games are still. I think smaller developers and indie developers are still going to bring most of the innovation, right? So like that that applies to, with the exception of maybe Naughty Dog. And and um, and some of the Nintendo games. Most of the the innovation comes from from third party companies, smaller companies that that aren't tied to any exclusivity or any uh, type of like exclusive deal partnership with with any of the three major console makers, right? But then then you look at like the nominees for for some of these other games or these these years as well. Twenty fourteen, Bayonetta two, Dark Souls two, Hearthstone, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. That's a Nintendo game, third part two third party games, and one Blizzard. So. Nintendo and and Xbox in 2014. 2015, Bloodborne, Fallout 4, Metal Gear Solid 5, Super Mario Maker. So you have Konami, Nintendo, Bethesda, and Sony. So it all kind of levels out. Everyone had one really good one. 2016, Doom, Inside, Titanfall 2, Uncharted 4. Again, Bethesda, EA, Sony, no Nintendo here. So it's really that year was really just PlayStation and, and Microsoft. 2017, Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, PUBG, Super Mario Odyssey. You have Sony, Nintendo, third party. No, no Microsoft in 2017. So Nintendo won, but they had two nominations, and then you had a PlayStation nominee. 2018, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, Red Dead Redemption 2. Again, no no uh no microsoft to be found no nintendo to be found in 2018 either so nintendo, playstation had two nominees there, basically running away with it 2019 control death stranding resident evil 2 super smash brothers ultimate the outer worlds third party third party nintendo sony again no microsoft here to be found really no exclusives at least 2020 Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Doom Eternal, Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, uh, Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades. Indies, finally Indies getting some, some I mean, The Outer Worlds also was up there for the previous year. But uh, again, Nintendo, um, uh, Doom Eternal, so you get Microsoft back in here again, but another, another Sony. So uh, Sony won that year, another uh, nominee. Probably should have gone to Hades if I were being honest, though, but still, nonetheless, uh, a PlayStation title won. 2021, Deathloop, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil Village. Again, kind of everyone has a, a game in here. You, know, you have Nintendo, you have Microsoft, um, and you have Sony. There is no clear-cut winner here on the quality side of things. If we're talking about like the quality of games, exclusives, games that are pushing the envelope on like game design, uh, game mechanics, gameplay, story development all of that, all those experiences, even with the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, history right now doesn't tell me that suddenly Xbox is head and, head and shoulders above uh, PlayStation. This has leveled the playing field, which is exciting. Listen, before I go any further, because I think some of this, if, if especially if you're like a hardcore Xbox fan, may seem like I'm about to start shilling for a PlayStation. I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm going to go where the games are, baby. I have a PC at home. Get on my level, right? I have a Switch, a PS5, and, and a PC. So I'm fine. I'm going to play any game, all the best games, all the time. Okay, so it, it, 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, no shilling for individual companies here. Like we just go with whoever has the best product. But if we're going to talk objectively here and, 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 and if we're going to have to bring up that conversation, because honestly, it's going to bring me some clicks. I'm not going to lie here a little bit. I'm going to do a little bit of pandering, but if we're talking about objectively, like, Oh man, what does this mean for Sony? What does it mean for Nintendo? I don't know why people aren't bringing up Nintendo. It, it's, if anything, it's just leveling the playing field, which usually is a nice thing. It's a good thing uh, for for competition and for consumers because that means, oh man, uh, we're all fighting for having like the uh, video gamers uh, approval. That usually means that it's going to push you to make better games, right? Like. Nintendo has always been dominating in, since the beginning, just like with the success of the NES and the Super NES way back in the day, and the Nintendo 64, that that pushed a company like Sony to, to come up and start making really good games because I had, I'm being restricted by Nintendo, I'm going to start making games our own way. And they started doing it, and they started working with publishers, and they started releasing fantastic games, culminating with the PS2, which is still the best-selling console of all time. The Switch is probably going to overtake it at some point in the future, I think, just with the way that it's selling. But it's close. It's super close. So the, as far as like the, the rate of how it's, 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 uh, it's selling compared to the PS2, uh, what, what I mean. Um, it's going to be close. But all right. So cool. So Nintendo PlayStation. And then when the Xbox 360 came out and, the, and, and Sony did their whole disaster with the, with the cell uh, architecture on the PS3, and Microsoft came in and like they, they had nothing to prove, basically, right? Like you came in as a new player, Halo became massively successful. It changed uh, first-person shooters and, 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 and online multiplayer for, for first-person shooters. They, they established their footprint as well. So now you have three major players, right? And the Xbox 360 kind of took over as far as the, uh, like I guess, critical acclaim side of things. Until the end of that life cycle, it kind of started switching back to, to the PlayStation. But... The Xbox also had a moment, and then the PS4 era came around, and uh, honestly, on the quality side of things, e even sales, like sales are, for the PS4 were massively successful, uh, but then we're not even, we haven't even brought up the, the Wii, the Wii, the Wii outsold everyone by an insane margin, like it wasn't even close, it's not even a conversation, if, if console wars were real, the Wii stomped everyone that generation, and it's not even close, and we talk about like, oh, but, but the quality of the games, or, or whatever, like, so you see what I'm saying here? Like it all kind of balances out here. So all of that, we looked at the numbers and sales and we're looking at like critical, critical acclaim here. Uh, I don't know why everyone's overreacting. Like Sony needs to respond immediately. I do think that they need to respond. I do think that they need to do something, right? Because Game Pass is going to become ubiquitous to gaming. I, I, it's too bad Spencer's not, not on this episode um, to, <laughs> for me to admit that I was wrong. Uh, but it was what sometime, uh, uh, almost a year ago that, uh, when around the time he had just joined the podcast, um, he had just gotten back from Australia, uh, game pass started to become like a thing and started to get into people's hands. It was coming out of beta. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to be a thing. I, I don't know if like people have access to the right kind of internet. And, uh, we're talking like infrastructure and all of that stuff and just cost everything. Even with all these acquisitions, Microsoft is keeping Game Pass priced exactly the same. It's a, it's a right now, right now Game Pass. Even before uh, the Activision Blizzard stuff, it's a steal, man. You got it. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't do it if you don't have it. One, if you can't afford a gaming console, I don't know why you wouldn't just go with a Game Pass right now. Because then you can start playing on top of being able to have access to generally a lot of third-party games you have all of microsoft's first-party games and, and first-party studios and now with activision blizzard potentially happening again we'll see depending on all the antitrust stuff we'll see potentially now you get a call of duty and 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 uh and and warcraft and, and starcraft like yeah why wouldn't you do that just go ahead and get yourself a game pass i'm all about having games accessible to 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 more gamers and more people especially if it can can come at a lower price point um the subscription model is a little unfortunate but like if if you're gonna give up like anything give up one of your like tv subscriptions that gets a little bit harder depending on like the household that you're in and, and how much 
media to consume on any of those services, but you could do it there. You could do it there. So it's it's balance. It's a lot more balanced than than the than the current conversations would have you believe. Especially, oh my God, Twitter. Twitter's the worst. The absolute absolute worst. Um, but oh, and Overwatch and Overwatch too. So uh, that's the one I keep forgetting uh, to bring up. Overwatch and Diablo. Even with those, even with those, these are huge hitters. These are huge hitters. Here's how I would rank consoles right now. At, Asking stand to date on top of giving Microsoft all the Activision Blizzard uh, titles retroactively. Retroactively. It really only matters going forward. If anyone cares about the console war, it really only matters going forward. But even if I was including them retroactively, here's how they rank, in my opinion. You have number one, Nintendo. And I don't think anyone can, realistically, no one can argue with this. It's, it's Nintendo at the top, baby. They just make games and it works. And they do, they do none of the other stuff that people are screaming about right now. They do no game streaming. They don't do any free upgrades from previous generations. So if we're talking like if you buy Breath of the Wild on the Wii U, you have to buy it again on the Switch. It's a huge deal when PlayStation does it, but no one seems to bring it up on Nintendo. And, 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 and like all the other pro-consumer things that Xbox rightfully and, and should be applauded for is doing. They do none of that, and it's still Nintendo. And, it's, and they still sell, outsell everyone else by a lot, wide margin. So it's Nintendo number one. Number two, I, I, I cheated a little bit on Twitter. I said 2A, PlayStation. Here, because the track work track record here still matters, and like it, it's not like Nintendo uh, or PlayStation hasn't or isn't pumping out uh, high quality games yet, right? Like you you have Horizon Forbidden West coming up next month, and then you have God of War Ragnarok, which I'm surprised, I'm kind of shocked by, but reports are coming out that they're still firm that nope, this game is going to launch in 2022. I, I, I've been saying that I think it's not going to launch until 2023, but I guess we have seen some, some gameplay for that compared to like a Starfield. Like no one has seen anything about Starfield. So I don't know why people think that's coming in 2022 for, for, um, for, from Bethesda for, for the Xbox, even breath of the wild too. I don't think it's coming out this year, even though they've technically never said when that was going to come out, but that's not coming out this year. Anyways, two a PlayStation two B Xbox. Because it's no longer, I don't think there's enough of a gap right now anymore to say that PlayStation exclusives or the PlayStation, uh, like if you're, if you're coming from net zero, if you're entering gaming from net zero, you get a Switch, like easy. But if you want like more of a, I guess, hardcore, quote unquote, I hate that, but um, some people do like different experiences than like what the Switch can provide them. Get a PlayStation. I still think it's PlayStation. This can change. This can change, and this may, might change, if if Microsoft does a good job of like revamping how Bethesda develops their games and how Activision Blizzard develops their games. Because if they can turn the, the Call of Duty franchise around and not have it be like just a crapper copy paste uh, year over year release, then sure, that's that's great for the Xbox. Although Activision, they, uh, Microsoft did say that some some of the franchises were going to stay to the cross platform. I doubt it, but if there's one franchise that will stay cross-platform, it's going to be Call of Duty. Uh, this isn't this isn't a a Skyrim, right? This isn't a um, a Fallout. Call of Duty makes a billion dollars a year to cut off uh, what the second biggest market share in the world on on the console side of things. It's just not going to happen. So I think if anything is actually going to stay cross-platform, it'll be Call of Duty. I could be wrong. Either way, it doesn't matter. If they do good things for that, then that's good thing. That's good for the Xbox. After that, like, what? I mean, Halo, Halo Infinite was good. It was super fun. Go check out my review if you haven't seen it. But it's not like... It, it, Halo Infinite didn't beat out anything that, that PlayStation or, 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 or Nintendo released last year Ooh. sorry but that's just true <laughs> like we're, we're seeing it right now and now if we want to talk about like 
what this means in general, like what I think this means for like consumers, I don't think this is a good thing, to be honest. Like, I think a lot, I think a lot of players are like celebrating, especially if you have owned an Xbox again. Fine. This is huge news. It's, it's, uh, it's a big deal to, to talk about today. Um, I don't think this is a good thing because now like the conversations that, that I've been looking at, I've been interacting with some of it uh, on Twitter, which again, my mistake. Um, are around how how PlayStation needs to respond. I do think that they need to do something to kind of like generate some hype business wise for them. Like as a gamer, who cares? Like just keep releasing releasing good games, and I'll get it. If it's not on a PlayStation, if in three years I have to sell my PS5 because Xbox has all the Game of the Year awards, then and and those are games that I want to play. Then yeah, that's a no brainer. Like I don't this this isn't I don't make money off of either of these companies. So I'm just gonna go where the good games are. Um, but I don't think this is actually going to be as good of a thing because people are like, oh, well, uh, if Sony buys like a Konami or, or some other companies, um, maybe they can start making it competitive so it's more pro-consumer. I'm like, if we're going to have a pro-consumer conversation, baby, we talked about it when 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 Microsoft bought Bethesda. Buying more companies is not is not the way to go about this conversation. I think, especially right now, since like crypto and like NFTs are so so polarizing and so like like especially in the gaming space like completely vehemently against it uh i don't think this is gonna go the way you think it is if if that's if that's how you approach like uh, uh pro-consumer practices having having one company and this would be true if i would be saying this if if playstation was the one buying these companies or if nintendo was buying these franchises this is long term this is not bode well for 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 gaming i don't want three companies owning all of video gaming that would that would be bad that is not good so if we're talking about like like and anti-consumer practices and eventually being nickel and dimed and stuff like yeah i mean it's ha- it's already happening with the with uh, halo infinite it's not like it's not like all of a sudden microsoft is like oh man we're super pro co- so super pro consumer that 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 we're we're letting you receive achievable gameplay uh, awards and skins through gameplay no no give me twenty dollars for a for a weapon skin give me ten dollars for a weapon skin for armor coating a color change on the armor that's what they're doing right now so so the the notion that like suddenly this is this is super pro consumer from from microsoft's end is just silly um console war conversation notwithstanding it is it is great for game pass though if you're a game pass person and you honestly most people should be at this point like yeah but then if you're thinking about like oh but i like physically owning my games and blah 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 like who's to say that microsoft in uh five years says yeah we're we're out of the console we're out of the console market you can only you can only get our stuff through through game pass now sounds ridiculous until it's not. So we'll see. Uh, uh, a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about from CES and, and some some music stuff too. But honestly, this is just too big of a. This was too big of a, a of of a of a deal and, and some new piece of news uh, today that that we couldn't we couldn't just talk about it. See, we can talk about this. I, man, we, we can keep talking about this for another hour. But I've spent most of this episode talking about it. But so so some things that 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 PlayStation can do obviously. So uh, 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 some form of response to game pass is going to be huge. They're already so far behind though, like uh, on third party deals and things like that. It's, it's possible. It's not impossible, but like, I don't want PlayStation to now the, the, the unfortunate part is that like, um, for, for this to remain competitive and to some degree, Sony is going to have to go out and buy like a 2k or, uh, um, or a Konami or, or things like that, like just uh, some couple of big studios to just like try to respond. They don't have the money, I don't think, for like an EA. I don't. I wouldn't want that either. I don't like EA games or an Ubisoft. But I don't know if 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 anyone if any if I trust anyone to like turn turn companies around and and make great games, um, it's probably PlayStation right now, Nintendo. Nintendo knows what they're making. Nintendo sticks sticks to to their lane, and they do it super well. 
and it, they're obviously insanely successful for. Again, to reiterate it, Nintendo is the winner if you care about that. It, the, it doesn't matter. This, the rest of this, every PlayStation and Xbox, we're fighting for, for the crumbs here. Um, but that's a huge deal. Uh, I don't want that, though. That's, that's, that, would, that just ah, feels weird. Feels yucky, you know? But that's just me. I don't know. I don't know how you all feel. So uh, I, think, I think with the uh, PlayStation VR 2, Sony has, has to nail that. They have to nail that. If they want to like push innovations and allow their their game studios to to push innovations, uh, the New York Times was like pushing this metaverse thing with uh, the the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard acquisition, which is weird. Like I I don't know what these video games have anything to do with anything metaversey. That was just odd. Uh, but I guess not exactly along those lines. But like if we're talking about like virtual reality and like quote-unquote web 3 not talking about nfts not talking about nfts um then the, the play, playstation vr there's some potential there and it has it's the added benefit of not being owned by facebook which is always going to be a plus on my end but they have to do that really well they have to respond to some game pass and, and put their games available the problem here is that xbox can do this uh game pass things because they even even with Halo now, even with Halo now, they don't have like a franchise that they can like pl- claim their stake on and say this is gonna push this is gonna push consoles, and this is why they're going the Game Pass route, which is uh, a technically a competitive advantage on Microsoft's side of things because you know what they can say we can take a risk like this because if it's gonna get our games in front of more people that otherwise wouldn't have then that's a positive. Whereas PlayStation is kind of caught in this place where their their exclusive titles are lauded so highly that that's what pushes their console sales. Of, of course you're not going to want to put a God of War Ragnarok Day 1 on a subscription service. You see what I'm saying? So like that on the business side of it, that doesn't make that much sense there. I think they have to take that bite. They have to they have to bite that bullet. If they if if they have any hopes of remaining competitive ten years from now, and I think that's where we're headed. The ten years from now, it's all going to change. It's all going to be different. It is going to be all remote. You think about it. People called it crazy when 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 you switch from CDs to MP3s. Crazy. Why would you do that? How many of you have an MP3 player? How many of you own the music you listen to? I know there are vinyl collectors. I'm a vinyl collector. I'm not saying that those things are going to go away entirely. I'm not saying that uh, physical game copies are going to go away entirely. But you're missing the point if that's what you're, you're focused on. How many of you own MP3s or CDs? It's all streamed, right? How many of you own DVDs or Blu-ray players or, or Blu-rays? People do. People do collect them. Well, again, all streaming, right? Why would gaming be the exception to the rule here? And this is me who, who a year ago was like, I don't know if it's going to happen this month, this quickly. And it's already happening. Why, why is gaming any different? It's not. Spoiler, it's not. It's going to go down that route. So for, for PlayStation, I think they need to figure it out, especially if, if like for some reason you're like in love with the PlayStation brand. I like the PlayStation brand. I'm not going to lie. I, I do lean more on the PlayStation side of things. That's just kind of where my preferences lie. But if I, if like 10 years from now, I'm getting all the top Naughty Dog games or Santa Monica Studio games in the subscription service that's agnostic to a console, okay, I'm still playing my games, man. Like that, ultimately, I'm going to go where the games are. I don't know. I, again, I don't have full confidence that this bodes well for developers, for people in the industry. For consumers, because we've seen how that has gone. For consumer, I think consumers, the convenience is always going to, to win out, unfortunately. But we've seen how that has gone for like, maybe not so much movies because you still require like actors and, and people to go physically do things and shoot things. But like the consumption of like, well, I guess like movies. But I mean, Spider Man No Way Home just made a ton of money at the box office, so that, even that's not not quite the same. But like we look at it like with with 
with music where it's like a, a thing that you listen to and 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 now like musicians and artists don't get pennies on the stream right on the dollar for for streams that's tough so i don't like in general i would be in general in general this is more of a thing to be wary of than to be particularly excited about regardless of it being from microsoft playstation or nintendo but we're at this point it's all it's all wait and see baby it's all wait and see holy moly what an episode to come back on go listen to to the uh <laughs> to the earl sweatshirt album sick it's very good earl sweatshirt's back to just like straight rapping but still experimenting i think it think it, it did a fantastic job um I've been saying that the <laughs> that I've been underwhelmed, underwhelmed. I'm not saying it's bad. I've just been personally underwhelmed. And Spencer also shares this this opinion on the weekend of Don FM album. Underwhelmed. I don't think it's as good as uh, After Hours. I think he could have committed a little bit more to the synth pop, like full on, like punchy synth pop, or could or should have gone a little bit more experimenty than he did. Kind of felt like he kind of got stuck in between soulful synth a little bit, which is kind of odd. It's fine. There's a few songs that I really like and, and I have on repeat. Sacrifice is obviously a huge one. But the chart numbers came out. Gunna. Gunna's album took the number one spot over the weekend. So, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things where I had like that initial reaction and people are like, nah, you're crazy. This is a good album. It's not mid. I'm not even calling it mid. I'm just saying it's underwhelming for me. And then Gunna's album out, uh, uh, outsells him, outstreams him. Maybe I wasn't entirely wrong. I don't know. I'm just saying y'all should listen to me a little bit more because I got the receipts, baby. <laughs> I'm excited for Horizon Forbidden West. I'm excited for Elden Ring. Oh my God. I put up a video on YouTube uh just just a quick side note before i end the uh, close the episode about not being a huge fan of uh the soulsborne games because i'm i haven't been in the past like the controls are clunky and and the difficult like i don't mind if a game is like brutally difficult if like if i have the opportunity to kick ass and like master the mechanics it, it's a little slow for me which i guess is fair like if you like a more methodical slower um, uh, intentional gameplay like a Dark Souls have been. I know Dark Souls Three kind of switched up that formula, and obviously, uh, Bloodborne had had as well a little more fast paced, more aggressive. That's fine. That's fine. I don't need to prove myself uh, game wise, but I beat Returnal. Okay, and like ten percent of you beat Returnal, so y'all can come at me. Uh, I'm a good gamer. Okay. Um, uh, I've also done like uh. What, what was it the path of pain on, on hollow Knight and stuff so like i can play a game I, it's just it's not it's not the difficulty that turns me off it's i think it's everything else on top of it on top of the difficulty that has turned me off from from soulsborne games all of that aside i i made that video to stay to say that and but say i'm taking the plunge with Elden ring i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a real shot and I'm actually excited because this is this is legitimately going to be. I don't have a ton of brand new experiences in gaming, which, oh my god, going to be a whole different topic. I'm probably going to make a video on it because I think people are getting burnt out in gaming, which is strange because I don't never hear people being burnt out of going to the movies. So I think there's a couple of things that we can explore there. But that being said, I've been playing games for almost my entire life since the 90s so i don't experience like new things in gaming very often and elden ring i think is exciting to me because even though i'm familiar with bloodborne and and or, or the, the soulsborne games it's going to be a new experience for me so i'm looking forward to that i'm probably going to stream my entire experience um probably on twitch or youtube i don't know i haven't decided yet we'll see uh, but i made that and people were mad oh my god Oh my God, how dare I have an opinion on the internet? I should know better. I should know better. It didn't actually bother me. It was just, it was just fascinating that people got that upset. It was like 50% disliked, which is fine. I'm still going to give it a shot because I'm excited to try out a different game. And then obviously Horizon Forbidden West. I think when, when that game first came out, uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn, I thought it was a good competitor to Breath of the Wild. I think Breath of the Wild has aged better. 
um, for sure. So my opinion has changed on that front. But the, being the second game, I think I think we're in for a really good one here. So and on the PS5, ooh baby, I think it's gonna be good. So uh, that that's not not for another month. Uh, Pokemon RCS. I'm still shiny hunting. Oh my god, never mind. Just you see, I had a bunch of updates, but stupid business and gaming conglomerates taking up all our stuff so hey uh i think sponsor might be back next week we'll see how he's feeling uh, i don't know if he cares about me sharing this but yeah just, the, the, the man is just sick and couldn't speak so if he's back then he's back next week thanks for listening okay bye